Dear friends in Christ, as we look forward to another year that the Lord gives us, it's fun to play with brand new possibilities that we can have on January 1st, tomorrow. For example, you could go jogging in the morning and say that you've exercised for every day of the year. Or you can get through lunch without eating any potato chips or perhaps a candy bar for the year, and you're going to reflect a whole new healthy and perfectly kept diet regime. Well, so far for the year, you've also perhaps never cussed at anyone, never yelled at the kids, never forgotten to floss, never thrown your clothing, your dirty clothes on the bathroom floor, and never forgotten to read the Bible in the morning. On January 1st, your whole life can be transformed. For one day at least, all your good intentions, they can be jump-started. And all those bad things, they can be unplugged. At least for a few hours or minutes, the year is the perfect reflection of your new self. But January 1st is followed by, of course, January 2nd and January 3rd. And someday soon, you'll decide to stay in bed, in a cozy bed, a few more minutes, rather than you know, plunging out into the cold to go on that jog. And pretty soon, you'll probably have some candy wrappers that you're going to find in your desk drawer again. And by the fourth or the fifth, you will, may have been aggravated enough at a bad driver or a dropped glass or a stubbed toe to blurt out a whole line of bad words and unholy thoughts. And by the seventh, your socks are back on the bathroom floor and your dental floss is gathering dust. And by the 10th of January, you fall asleep even before you get your Bible open to read it at night. And for all but a few of us, most New Year's resolutions, they get packed away with the rest of those Christmas decorations. And by Epiphany, which is January 6th, our behavior and our new you is probably just as tarnished as the one last year. The problem with most of our resolutions is that they're too trivial, perhaps, too safe, too sensible, and maybe even too self-centered. You know, we resolve to make tiny cosmetic changes in our lifestyle, but we ignore the restructuring of our lives and the changing of patterns by which we live. And in the Gospel of Luke, there's a, a single story about a boy, Jesus. He's 12 years old at this point. And he offers us an example of what it would mean to transform our lives by making the ultimate resolution, resolution to keep. You might call it the mother of all resolutions or the resolution to end all resolutions. It would be to declare from that day forward that we will be about our Heavenly Father's business. And in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41, Luke writes this, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. 
After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Joseph and Mary, his parents, the family, friends, and relatives, you know, they had all made that required pilgrimage to Jerusalem for that Passover festival. But as soon as the allotted time of the festival was over, you know, they hit the road. They're the ones who are anxious to get back to the chores and responsibilities that filled their lives. We know Joseph, he was a craftsman who worked with wood, and he had probably projects back home. Mary, she would have had dozens of time-consuming tasks to help keep her family fed and clothed. And like most of us on an extended vacation, they were probably looking forward to getting back to the more comfortable, familiar surroundings of their own homes. But the young Jesus, he refuses to let his relationship with his heavenly father be regulated according to some prearranged schedules of their culture. Instead of going along with the return to business as usual attitude, Jesus answers the most important call of all, and that was to be about his father's business. What would it mean if we were to act in a similar fashion? What would it mean to live not according to human expectations, but to God? And what he requires of us. To not look at things like cultural or society's patterns of life. What does it mean to be about God's business rather than to be about other people's business? Or other people's definition of God's business? Jesus, he discovered at an early age that answering God's expectations can get you into trouble. Even with your own family. In fact, focusing on God's business may put an unexpected crimp in the family business. Business as usual may not be the way God does business. And the world and the church, well, they can find that surprising at times. The ultimate New Year's resolution does not challenge us to cut grams of fat or to have uh, an unhealthy habit ended or to get to aerobics class twice a week. The ultimate resolution, the one to keep that a Christian can make, is to live in the light of God's intentions for us, and not in human inventions. The ultimate New Year's resolution is to live under the umbrella of God's expectations and to make my business and your business to be a part of God's business. And so that just begs a bigger question. So what is God's business? Well, God's business is transformation. An electrical transformer will take high voltage and transform it into energy that we can use in our everyday lives. And without a transformer, there would be no light in the darkness. There would be no safety in the storm. 
Look at what happened at the northern states these past weeks for the many people who were affected in so many places. And we certainly can't forget about the winter that Ukrainians are suffering through right now as bombs continue to attack their power structure and their supply. At Bethlehem, God came to us and gave us Jesus, who transforms us in his life, in the love and power of God. And that's into a life-giving current of grace and salvation that the world desperately needs. So what is the Christian who resolves to be a part of God's transforming work on January 1st do on Monday, January 2nd? Well, there's two essential requirements. And one is first to get in deeply, to dig deeply into the Word of God. And secondly, to go widely out into the world. First, when the young Jesus felt called to live beyond what was family business as usual and answered that call of God's business, well, he first went to the temple. In other words, he immersed himself in the meanings and messages of God's word. To know what God intends for men and women and to learn what God has already said and done and promised for the world Well, that's a necessary first step in the transformation process. Secondly, being about God's business doesn't mean that we do nothing except sit in the temple or in the church and just discuss theology. Remember that when Jesus started out in the temple, he then obediently followed Joseph and Mary back out into the world. We can't be a part of transforming the world unless we stand in the midst of it. That's the trouble with our traditional New Year's resolutions. They never step outside the boundaries of our own self-centered existence. What if instead of resolving to lose 10 pounds this year, you resolve to eat according to a diet that could help sustain the world? What if instead of getting some more exercise this year, You resolve to exercise some spiritual muscles and perhaps organize the prayer chain across your own neighborhood, your community. What if instead of resolving to spend less time in front of TV and more reading of books, you resolve to teach those who are struggling with illiteracy and have them read books before you and to you? What if instead of resolving to spend more quality time with the family, you resolve to take your whole family on a a mission project for a week, a month, perhaps even longer? Your life, your commitment to the ultimate resolution, that resolution to keep, that can help the love of God through Christ to transform the world. Tomorrow is January 1st. A fresh new year lies before us. What will you resolve to be on January 2nd and for the rest of your life? Throughout the good and the bad of the year ahead, keep asking yourself, how can my words and actions really bring praise to my God so that others see his saving grace in Jesus Christ? And as you care for your family, as you do your daily work and as you interact with your community, let the way that you conduct yourselves lead others to 
see and want to know more about that God whom you and I serve so that they too can praise our Father in heaven. Be prepared to give that reason for the hope that is in you, that hope of eternal life, a certain hope, a sound hope. It's all centered in Christ, isn't it? It's all built on God's goodwill and his plan and not on us. God resolves to save us. And that changed his resolves, that changes our resolves too. Make that trust in him. Be true in the year ahead. Whether it's a year filled with good things for you or whether the best laid plans you have really end up going off course. God chose you in Christ according to his good will. Every spiritual blessing of yours in Christ, it comes from his heavenly Father. For Jesus is the one who paid the price of his blood for your forgiveness. That's why we celebrate the name of Jesus on New Year's Day in the church year. Because we know, as we saw in the words of Luke, that the name Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. In Christ, you stand before God holy and blameless. In Christ, you're adopted as God's children, his own children. And so make your resolutions in Christ this coming year for the praise and the glory of his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us and for calling us to be your children. And Lord, we just ask that you guide us in this coming year Enable us to be reflective of your love, and may we bring honor to your name, Lord, in all that we say and do. Keep us safe, keep us healthy, Lord, and may uh, we just know the joys of the freedom of worshiping you and being able to serve you each and every day. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.